And on one hand, I'm anxious for these kids to launch, and I've got plans for all their bedrooms and everything. I'm anxious for them to go. But then on the other hand, <clears throat> it's a little painful. We dropped my oldest son off to college last year, Cedarville University, and we got in the car and drove off, and I told my wife, and some of you have experienced this, this was good and right. Everything about this was good. Everything about this was right. And it still felt like I got kicked in the stomach. It's just a weird combination of things. This morning, I'd like you to take your Bibles and open up to Ephesians 5. This is Paul writing. I'm going to begin in verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not associate with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Some of you may be wondering, why are we talking about time? Everybody knows about time. Everybody has a watch. Everybody has a clock. And you may already be right in the middle in the throes of managing your own time. And you might even be pretty good at managing your time and thinking it through. And some of you are older and wiser and have become better Users of time. But this might be an opportunity just as a reminder to say Bible teaching and Bible preaching isn't always about hearing something you've never heard before or learning something you've never learned before. In fact, much of the Bible is repetitive because we are in a fallen world and we need to rehearse over and over, certain truths of the Bible. That's why Paul, over and over, goes over and over the nature of the gospel, who we are in Christ, living with eternity in mind. And here Paul is making a very simple statement in the middle of a very complex passage, but a very simple statement about time. He has spent the first, the last part of chapter 4 and the first part of chapter 5 talking about things that we should eliminate, not be a part of. And then he's also spending time telling us what we should cultivate as a Christian. And he gets down to verse 13, and he makes this comparison with light and dark. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible for if anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, 
not as wise, but as not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. In Genesis one, it's a good place to start the beginning. In Genesis one, Paul or Moses records. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And then in verse 14 of chapter 1, Moses records, And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And then let them be for signs, for seasons, and for days, and for years. God is eternal, and yet He created time and space and divided it by light and dark so that we would experience the passing of time. God made it clear in Genesis, before the fall, where God said it was good, time is actually a good thing. We are supposed to enjoy the passing of time. Time is part of the created order before the fall. Adam and Eve did not exist outside of time. Sometimes it seems like time is a result of the fall. But it's not. It's impacted by the fall. It's affected by the fall. In the new heaven and the new earth, the curse of sin will be lifted, but time will remain. It's just that we won't run out of it. Just consider consider a situation where you'll never run out of time. Think about creation. God makes time, and it's a good thing, and we're supposed to exist in time and space and experience the passing of time. And yet, when the fall occurs, it impacts everything. Every molecule, every molecule of the universe is impacted by the fall, is impacted by sin. That's why eventually there will need to be a new heavens and a new earth. You think about how the curse has impacted how you and I deal with time. I mean, first of all, doesn't it just seem like we're always running out of it? How often during your day do you check your watch and wonder when you have to be somewhere and how long before you have to go to the next thing and what time this show's on, what time that show's on, what time you have to meet somebody for lunch? You're always, it feels like you're always running out of it. That's the curse on time. You always are running out of time. That's why when you read the, the Bible and it gives all the genealogies and so-and-so lived until this age and so-and-so lived until that age, you just think, well, why is that in there? I mean, we, can, we don't celebrate their birthdays. I mean, why, why is that in there? Well, it's because it's just a reminder that, that since the fall, everybody's running out of time. They die and they lived to be really old and then they lived to be much younger, 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 younger. And now we've kind of settled into a general pattern at this point. But you don't live forever. It's 
allowing you to observe the increased impact of the fall on time. I don't know if you've ever read the book Gulliver's Travels or watched the movie, but the the Lilliputian people thought that Gulliver's watch was a god. You know why? Because he never did anything without consulting it. How many times do you look at your watch during the day? How much, how much of your life is governed and even feels oppressed by the simple passing of time? I've started counting my life backwards since I was about 18 years old. I figured I was going to live to be 70, and so when I was 18, I figured I had 52 years left. I'm 48, and I'm going to be 49 in a couple of weeks. I don't have much longer. I keep it, I count it backwards. Some of you may do that. How many times did you ask each other if you're married or not married or friends or family? How many times did you ask somebody yesterday, what time is it? Just a simple question like that. My wife and I got into a minor argument about a week ago because of time. We had the little three youngest kids, and we were going to go do something fun, and we were trying to gauge, well, what time do we have to meet these people for dinner? Well, we have to meet them at 5.30. Well, then how long is it going to take us to do this bowling game, bowl uh, a match one time? Well, I don't know how long that takes. How, long, how am I supposed to know how long that takes? And we got into an argument about time. How long do we have to bowl? And do we have enough time to get there and get out of there and, and go get it done and then make, make it for dinner? And I'm sure our three little kids are just sitting back there saying, hey, can we just go bowling? I mean, is this worthy of an argument? We thought so at the time. When my oldest daughter, Georgia, was 13, I took a jar and I put 260 marbles in that jar representing weekends that I had left with her until she was 18. Every Monday, I'd go to my office, take a, take a marble, and I didn't save it. I threw it in the garbage just to remind myself that you're not going to get it back. You don't get it back. And every week, I just watched that jar of marbles dwindle down. How many of you right now are dealing with a deadline? Somebody right here in this room is thinking not about what I'm preaching, but about a deadline you've got this week because you're on the you're on the crunch and need something's due. Some of you have a paper due, some of you have an assignment due, some of you have a job that is coming due. There's something on your mind right now. You know you're you're worried about time. You're gonna run out of time and you're gonna not be able to get done what you're trying to get done. We feel it on the campus at Southern Seminary at the end of every semester. The tension on campus is measurable. You can feel it because everybody's winding down and papers are due and final exams are going to happen and you can just feel the stress on the campus. And yet, all of us, if you're even remotely a sports fan, you have felt the agony of watching your team lose as the clock winds down, you're running out of time. In a, in a fallen world, it also seems like time might be the enemy. Time isn't the enemy, but it seems like it is. It, it, it's not the curse. Time is not the curse. The fall does curse it. Why is it that when you're a kid... 
time goes so slow, and when you're an adult, it seems like it goes so fast. Little kids never say, where did the time go? Why is it that time goes slow at the dentist and fast when you're on vacation? And even, even the effects of time and longevity on our bodies. I mean, I'm 40, almost 49. I'm breaking down. I'm breaking down. Stuff doesn't work like it used to. I'm watching my 19-year-old son and my 18-year-old son bounce around the house and do athletic things that I, I used to be able to do. And then we talk about the issue of timing. Like, at the exact time and the exact space, perfect timing. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, like, apples of gold and settings of silver are a perfectly timed word. My son Fisher is 18 years old. I was at a gas station not too long ago right by our home. We live in Simpsonville and I was standing by my vehicle and another car came flying around the corner through the parking lot about 40 miles an hour, close enough to me that my hair blew up, my jacket blew up, and then the car just sped around the corner, hit the curb, and sped out. And I looked and I said, that, that looks like Fisher. That is Fisher. That was my own son. I didn't even put gas in the car. I got in the car and went home to have a serious conversation with the boy. In addition to, you know, son, you just almost made your mother a widow. Uh, you know what he said? He said, Dad, what are the odds that you would be there at that exact time? I said, I know, son, I'm everywhere. You need to know it. Two Father's Days ago today, two years ago today, I was backing out of my driveway, and I didn't see my, at the time, eight-year-old son on his bicycle right behind the vehicle I was driving, and I was going slow enough that I bumped him, knocked him over, and if my oldest son had not come running out of the garage at the exact moment that he did, I would have run over Brewer. Just split second. Perfectly timed warning. And then there's the comparison. In a fallen world, you're going to compare who's busy or who's not busy. It's, it seems like you're busy, and then you compare yourself to somebody. My parents are empty nesters, they're retired, and they keep telling me, we just don't have a moment to ourselves. And I'm like, you're empty nesters and you're retired. By definition, that's all you have is time to yourself, like time with each other, right? I mean, and then you go over and over through the Bible. See, the, the point that Paul is trying to make in Ephesians is that you look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. He's not saying that every day is in and of itself evil. 
He's saying that in a fallen world, every day holds evil things in it. And you and I are to redeem the time, purchase the right things to do with our time as a specifically Christian act. Because in a fallen, you see, God created time, it's good, it's marred by the fall, but then you and I in Christ, because of the gospel, are able to redeem the time. We're all running out of it. We've all squandered it. We value what we give our time to. That's how we know what we value. Whatever you're giving your time to, that's what you value. It's a hard, true fact. And then finally, time, the passing of time in a fallen world brings regret. Regret on how you didn't use the time or how you did use the time. Kids start leaving home. Man, when 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 my older kids started leaving home, I thought I was I was investing in the right ways, but then it started to panic toward the end. Have you ever some of you felt this? Like at the end you just think, wait a minute, I don't think I did a good job with this. Wait a minute, I don't think I communicated that. And you leave gaps. Everybody leaves gaps. You live with regret. Fisher, my 18-year-old son, texted me the other night. He's trying to trap coyotes and all sorts of things. And he's collected all these hides to tan the hides. And he texted me and said, Can I bring home a skunk to clean it? Simple reply, no. Why not? Okay, this is, I'm thinking, how can you grow up in my house and not know why you can't bring home a skunk and clean it? Because they smell bad. He says, I'll use gloves. All right, okay, again, I mean, where, where are you? Where have you grown up? Where have you been living for the last 18 years? This is their defense mechanism. Gloves aren't going to help you. The passing of time can bring regret. See, in the new heavens and the new earth, time won't be working against us. But even in a fallen world, time is a gift because it can be redeemed in the gospel. The reason why I wanted to speak about time on Father's Day is, number one, even if it wasn't Father's Day, every one of us is struggling with time and the passing of time and the effects of the fall on the passing of time. But I just want to argue that most of us men have a hard time trying to manage time. Ecclesiastes. This is exactly... Well, we're talking about for everything there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. 
time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and then a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. Time to keep and time to cast away. A time to tear and time to sow. Time to keep silence. Time to speak. Time to love. Time to hate. Time for war. Time for peace. One of the things that time produces is experience. This is a good thing about time. It produces experience. Some of you have more experience than others. You've lived longer than others. Some of you don't have quite the experience. And that's why the Bible says older men are to train up the younger men. Older women are to train up the younger women. Why? Because it's wisdom and experience that you lack at the younger ages. And you need older people to train up the younger people, to encourage the younger people. In fact, I'm looking at a very multi-generational congregation right here. And that's important. That's part of the gospel who is going to say, I once was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken? Who's going to say that? A 19-year-old to a 15-year-old? That's cute, but that ain't going to mean anything to me. I want somebody with some gray in their hair looking back to the younger generation saying, I once was young, but now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Produces wisdom experience and it's to be redeemed the way that the older folks in this church can redeem their time even their regrets is by making sure they're speaking into the younger generation i've learned just as much from older men telling me what not to do as i have them telling me what to do i listen when one of you older men says hey don't ever do this i listen that's great wisdom. I'm learning from your experience. I'm learning from your regrets. Don't think that you don't have anything to offer because you have a lot of regret in your life. That is, that is gold for us younger folks coming behind you. Give us the warning. Help us stay on the right path. Help us redeem the time for the sake of the gospel. One of the ways that you're going to differentiate yourself as a believer in Christ is, frankly, how you use your time. That will be a distinctive. Others will notice in your life and see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven, as the Bible says. Wisdom. Had a conversation with daughter. I don't think that guy's right for you. She says, well, on what basis might you decide that? I said, well, how about 20 years of evaluating young men and I'm almost never wrong. How about that? You don't, you don't have the life experience to make certain evaluations. You haven't had enough experience yet. So that's why I come in and your mother and I come in and we help evaluate this guy or that guy. 
We'll help you evaluate this job opportunity or that job opportunity because you're still learning and gaining life experience and wisdom and we're here to help you with that. I just want to say a word to you younger folks in here. Listen to the people in your life that love you the most, that care about you the most, and have wisdom that God has given so they can guide you and help you. You'll have plenty of time in your life to assert your independence. But you will, you will regret, you will regret the use of your time if you do not listen to the people that are older in your life that God has put there for you. It will set you up for a life of regret. And what Paul is saying is, no, don't do that. Redeem the time. Make the most use of the time because the days hold evil. And that evil will take place if you do not redeem the time. Live your life in a distinctly Christian way as you approach something as simple but as all-consuming as the passing of time. I was out of town, had to leave Gunner and Fisher at the house by themselves. I got my oldest daughter. I called her up and I said, I need you to go stay at the house for one more night with Gunner and Fisher. She said, am I babysitting Gunner and Fisher? They're, in, they're, they're 18 and 19. I said, well, no, but I'm not leaving Dumb and Dumber at the house by themselves. I'm not worried they're going to do something criminal. I'm just worried their last words on earth are going to be, hey, watch this. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Their brains aren't fully formed yet. They lack wisdom and judgment. Time is also a good thing that we thank God for because it provides limits so that we have to make weighty decisions. That's a gift. You have a limited amount of time. It provides limits. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days so that we might walk in what? Wisdom. Number our days. It's not all that crazy that I'm counting my life backwards. I'm numbered. I know they're numbered. Time management in the Christian life is a legitimate Christian category. Managing the time that you have been given. You have to think about ordering your life. What are you going to do and not do? What are you going to do? Are you going to do this instead of that? What are you going to give up? You can't do it all. You've already tried that. I've already tried that. But neither should you think time is a pie chart. Some people think, well, God, family, church, work. God, spouse, children, church, work. That's, that looks good on paper. That's not how life works, right? You already know that. Life does not work that easy. And in all those categories. If I'm supposed to put family first instead of work, what does that look like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I'm at my job? Each day brings its own challenges. Each day 
brings its own opportunities. So, when Moses writes, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that your Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and against all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. You see, time allows us to have markers to remind us of God's faithfulness. You should be thankful for the passing of time and the ability to measure the passing of time because we can mark it down. Do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when we thought we didn't have a dime to our name and out of the blue, somebody helped us out. Somebody sent us some money. Out of the blue, I thought I was unemployed. Out of the blue, somebody called me and gave me a job so that we could make a little money and get a little further down the road. That time when I was really sick and people ministered to our family, visited in the hospital, and took care of our needs. Do you remember that? You remember how God was faithful I remember the time and day I got married. I pray I never forget it. I suppose my memory will fade at some point in my life. But right now, I remember it like it was yesterday. 25 years ago. I thank God for the time, the measurement of time, allowing us to live in time and space because we can remember and thank God for His faithfulness. The birth of our children, the adoption of our children, major accomplishments. A time when God sent somebody at the right time, a last-minute provision. You know what I did the other day? I haven't done this in years. I don't know what you, you people, younger folks, do with all the photos that you're taking and documenting every moment of your kids' lives. I don't know what you're going to do with all those. I did go back through an old box of photos the other day and just reminisced about when the kids were younger and a trip we took and thanking God for the many things that we've been able to share as a family. The passing of time also gives us opportunity to measure our patience and to see where we might be in terms of the fruit of the Spirit. How do we respond to the passing of time when we don't get our way at the right time that we want it. How many of you have said with the psalmist in Psalm 13, How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? How 
How do I relate to God? Being, being subject to the limitations of time, knowing that I'm running out of time, I want certain things right now. And in fact, if I'm honest, I want them from God right now. I want them from you. I want you to get on my timetable. I want you to do things at the speed that I want you to do them. But in the end, what we really want is God to be on our timetable. And one of the gifts of the passing of time is the ability for you to, before the Lord, ask, how am I responding to you, Lord, as time passes and I'm impatient because I want you to do something for me right now? It's a gift. It's a gift. And in Christ... What I would encourage you in today is this. You living out the gospel is directly connected to time passing you by. As you live out even this day, the way that you live out this day will reflect the prioritization of of the gospel in your life. What are you going to do with the minutes? What are you going to do with the hours? Let's face it, not all of us have the same amount of time left. And we don't know how much time we have left. But look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but wise. Not as those who are outside of Christ, but those who are inside of Christ. Those who are the light of Christ. It's, it's, it's no coincidence that in the same passage of talking about the use of time, we're talking about light and dark. Because that's what God used in Genesis to distinguish between day and night. Light and dark. The passing of time is distinguished. We get tired at night. It gets dark, we go to bed, it gets light, we wake up. You live in the light, you walk in the light. You hide in the dark. The passing of time is determined by the exposure to light and then darkness. Light and darkness, that's how we distinguish between days and months and seasons and years. As Moses records in Genesis. So I want to encourage all of you. Dads, moms, those kids you have at the house right now, they're not going to be there forever. They're not going to be there forever. Guard your time. Redeem the time. Those of you that have grandchildren, that's not going to last forever. All of us in this room, Unless the Lord returns, we have an end date, an expiration date. I don't know when it is. Some it will be tragically too soon. Some it will be gloriously really long. I don't know. But that's kind of the point that Paul is making here. We don't know what this day will hold. We don't know what this week will hold. We don't know what this month will hold. 
we don't even know exactly how long we have left. But Paul says, redeem the time for the sake of the gospel. It's a gospel decision. There are no mere human beings. You're not merely a human being. God made you in in His image. There are no mere human beings, and that means there are no mere moments in time for those non-mere human beings. You. And every now and then, I think it's important for us to look each other in the eye and be reminded of God's meticulous providence over all the details of what's going on in your life and time. And if He is, and since He is, meticulously governing your life, then that means He can be trusted. And this is a good reminder to trust in Christ even more and more. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So then, look carefully at how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray.